Welcome to Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action, the podcast where nurses, healthcare professionals, and consumers come to hear from inspirational nurse leaders in health and wellness coaching. We cover the latest innovations, ideas, and breakthroughs from nurses who are shifting the paradigm of disease care to healthcare through the art and science of integrative nurse coaching. As a human and a nurse, setting boundaries are imperative for you to thrive. It's so easy to get wrapped up in everyone else's agendas, ideas, and needs that your authentic, loving, and caring nature can be taken advantage of because you want to be helpful, or you don't want to let anyone down, or you just want to experience everything. So what's the best that could happen when you set boundaries to protect yourself and your peace? Saying no, setting restrictions, and being clear on your limitations can feel uncomfortable, and yet it is so essential to live your life with your values, desires, and wishes. Today's podcast guest, board-certified integrative nurse coach, Emily Jacobs, highlights how difficult it can be to establish boundaries, and she shares how she is also noticing that when she does set limitations, many new opportunities and gifts flow into her life. Before we get to today's podcast, let's take three deep breaths in and out together. One. Two, three. Now we're ready. Emily Jacobs is an author, speaker, and board certified doctorate prepared nurse and corporate healthcare leader turned integrative nurse coach. With over 20 years of experience as a critical care nurse, she is a clinical expert dedicated to personal and professional development, holistic nursing, and mentorship. She held a variety of positions in the hospital setting and completed that chapter as the director of corporate nursing education at a major hospital system in Southeast Michigan. Unfortunately, she experienced working environments turning more toxic, geared towards sick care, not health care, and it was time for a bold change. As a board-certified integrative nurse coach, Emily started her private practice working with many leaders across the country in designing and implementing wellness programs to support their teams and up-level their leadership. She consults with hospitals as an advocate to provide free coaching services to healthcare professionals. She is a highly requested speaker, advocating for employee wellness, presenting on topics such as balancing burnout, setting boundaries, and building resiliency. She is also clinical faculty with the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy, training future nurse coaches of the world. What she learned most from her private practice was that self-doubt and fear prevents us from believing in ourselves and that we are worthy of creating an amazing life. Welcome everyone to Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action. My name is Nicole Vienno. I am your host and I'm also a board certified integrative nurse coach. And today we are inviting Emily Jacobs who lives in Beverly Hills, Michigan. She is a board certified integrative nurse coach. She's also a mom, a wife, an author, speaker, 
and doctorate prepared nurse leader turned integrative nurse coach. She's also the founder of Live Your Life For You. And I am so excited that our paths are crossing once again, Emily, to bring you on to the podcast today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So let's start because we always go back in time, always ask the question, what drew you into nursing? Absolutely. So, um, well, I'll start with one obvious answer is my dad is a retired uh, internal medicine doctor and my mom was a nurse. So I feel like somewhere down the line, maybe they secretly planted a seed. However, they weren't wrong. I am, I think I kind of knew it in my soul when I was a young kid. I was just very caring, always taking care of things, always like the peacemaker type of person. When I was a kid, I said I was going to be a nurse, a mom, I'm trying to think of all the things, a dancer and a teacher. And I've pretty much done almost all of, I mean, I've done all of those. So, um, so great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where it all started. I, I think also, I think when I was about 10 years old, I was in the hospital for something minor, like appendicitis or uh, not appendicitis, but something minor with my stomach. And I just met the most beautiful and vibrant nurse. I think I had ever, I thought all nurses were going to be her and she was literally the nicest human on the planet. And I just remember admiring her thinking, I want to do that someday. I want to do this for someone else someday. Uh, so it just, I think it was maybe a natural thing. Also, like I said, the seeds planted and then maybe an experience of my own, but yeah, I, I kind of knew and never really wavered from that since I was a kid. Mm, I love these stories of all the nurses who have been on this podcast, so distinctly different. And I imagine you as a little girl saying, yes, I, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a mom. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a dancer. And today you are all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Right. And yes, right. you had the influence of your parents, of course. Um, but yeah. I also imagine you as a young girl being a peacemaker. Yeah, I something I'm reflecting on I, in my 40s now as I'm reflecting back is to like, I wonder if I've always known this, like these characteristics and these traits of myself. And I think so. I mean, I was I was the empathy girl. I was the one that my friends would come and talk to about anything. I was the one that would listen. I don't know that my husband would say that today, but my clients do. <laughs> He's like, where's this person you're talking about? And I said, well, it's a little different when you're like running a house. Uh, so yeah, I just really think back and I thought kind of jumping to like the nurse coaching just for just a second. But like, I start thinking to myself, this was the part that I loved the most about being with my patients. And this was the part that felt the most natural to me. It was to like, well, tell me more about your family. Like as I'm, you know, changing their IVs or just getting to know them, get their mind off of maybe what they were doing. Um, so anyway, just, it, it, it's all kind of coming full circle where I'm like, yeah, no, it just felt right. Like, I think everything about it just felt right. And what a wonderful place to be when you know it feels right and it actually does feel right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 So now tell us a little bit about how you discovered nurse coaching. Well, this is actually a funny story. Okay. So throughout my life too, I had always kind of thought, you know, maybe I should dabble into counseling and maybe I should, you know, go into like psych nursing. And I never did. I did ICU nursing and other things like that. But again, it was just kind of always in the back of my mind. So I move across the country back to my hometown and the hospital I was working for had wellness coaches. 
So I'm like, well, it can't help. I'm in a major life transition. I have a one-year-old moved across the country, moving back to my hometown after 13 years, only been married a couple of years, like just in a brand new job again. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to need some help. And I had done, you know, counseling and stuff in the past, but I just, something about me was like, I'm going to try this, you know, find a coach. And it just so happened that I got assigned to a nurse coach, which I know, you know, Uh, so Denise is my buddy now, but I get paired up with this, this woman. And first of all, which is so ironic is we're sitting in person and I'm like, do I know you from somewhere? Well, she had been a travel nurse 10 years prior at the hospital that I was at. And what's funny is I think she's had some transformations. So what we remembered of each other was different than what we were showing up that day. But it was funny because we're just like, yeah, I think I know you. Did you used to work here? And so it was quite an interesting first nurse coaching experience. But the irony of that story too, is that at the end of her, what she did for me in that one hour session with the connections and the listening and the non-judgmental and the just helping me breathe really, like after all this craziness was happening in my life, um, she's like, you know, what are your key takeaways from our first session? And I, without hesitation said, I want you to help me get your job. Like (laughs) she almost fell over in her chair. She's like, I don't know if you can handle anymore right now, Um, which which I know is not like the right coaching thing to say, but I think she kind of like, we were also like, remembered each other, like acquaintances. And I was like, no, 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 no. Not like today. I'm not going to go like start that today. I said, like, you know, two to three year plan. And she's like, okay, okay. Two to three year plan. Fine. But I think she just, I think that just she was totally caught off guard with that. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it was funny because I think at exactly two years and she had been connecting with her since then. I'm like, okay, what's that program you were in, Denise? How do I get started? Who do I call? And uh, yeah, so she, I think she might've known shortly after that, that I wasn't going to stop at working towards that. Because like I said, what she did for me was just the most beautiful experience that I thought to myself, that's the thing I loved doing with people. That's what I love doing with patients. And I'm like, you can make a job out of this. Like I just didn't know. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of how it all started. I love that story. And yes, I do know Denise Mann very well. (laughs) (laughs) And I think she has told me this story too. (laughs) Um, But what a compliment though, as well, Mm -hmm. for you two sharing that sacred time together. And then you, you then pursuing because of that interaction, that very special interaction that you had, then you pursuing something that you really wanted to do for yourself in the future. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's, you know, you hear the word imposter syndrome these days, you know, where you just feel like you're not, um, which I have, I have other thoughts about that that are different than what I'm going to say. But like, I think now looking back in hindsight, when I was a critical care nurse, I, and I'm just going to get a little vulnerable, but like, I really think I was trying to prove something because I don't think, and I'm just going to like full on admit, I think I was a really good nurse, but I don't think I was as, as good as I should have been. You know, I think I, I meaning I just didn't feel as comfortable as like in certain situations. Yes. But in it, but it, it just always felt like it took me a lot longer to learn the meds and a lot longer to learn the calculations and everything. And I just felt like it, it wasn't the right spot place for me. And I kept pursuing like higher in those fields where I think I I was telling you before, I really connected with getting to know the patients, 
I would love getting report when the nurse would say, I would love and hate it, but love the, love the report that says, oh, this patient was crazy last night, right? They just complain all the time. They're super this, they're, you know, this and that, you know, all these complaints. I'm like, kind of like get to the point. I, you know, just tell me, tell me about the facts and then I'll go in there. And I, cause I always took that as a challenge. I'm like, okay, so that was her opinion or his opinion. So I'd come in and I'm like, all right, in my brain, I'm like, all right, buddy, we got 12 hours together. How are we going to do this? And I would try to like dissect <laughs> this brain, like, like, tell me about your night. They didn't tell you it was, you know, it was crappy. And I was like, oh no, they told me, but I want to hear your side and something about that. They would just be like, well, you want to hear my side? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm your nurse for 12 hours, man. Like, let's have a good time here. Like, what are we going to do? How do we make this better? And I mean, sometimes it was the most simple thing, Nicole. It would be like, I just wanted to someone call my wife, or I just wanted someone to, you know, what check on my dog. And even if I couldn't check on their dog, I'm like, well, could I find a phone? I mean, it's just like, sometimes it's just this simple thing where do you think if I offered you a hot cup of coffee, we could just talk about your night? I don't know. And I know I'm going to jump to another story, but I, I feel that it's hard these days. I could only imagine that nurses don't have that time and space to connect. Um, but at least for me, that was my, that was where I felt that I was using gifts that I had that then other people were finding value in. Yeah. I like the story about hearing report, <laughs> you know, and some nurses want to put their own story onto the report, right? And <laughs> make it, make it there, make it your story. But instead you took it to a whole other level and said, no, I'm going to take this as a challenge and I'll create my own story with this, yeah. with this patient. Yeah. And then it taking time to listen, which really doesn't take that much extra time. Mm -mm. And I really like when, when I was, so I was a, an educator, you know, uh, in the critical care world for a while too. And I would always train the new nurses. I said, you know, those first, that first minute, that first minute or two can make a difference for your entire day. And so obviously we know like in the ICU and in critical care areas or in, you know, high risk areas, you're fast paced, you're moving, you know, you don't really feel like you might have that time, but remember like the first impression can make the biggest difference. So if at least in that first introduction, you could say it slow, you can take a deep breath and say, hi, I'm your nurse. I'm here for you today. Even if like you know, a minute later, you're like, you know, like running all over the place. It's like, at least just take the, hi, I see you, Mr. So-and-so, how are you? Uh, you know, if you can, obviously, if your patient can't talk, then maybe it's the family member, connect with them. But I just think that that can just set the mood for, you know, your shift. Yeah. And taking just a few seconds to see the person. That's what I just heard you say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think kind of an old school way of thinking too, is like, imagine if that was your loved one, your grandparent, your parents, and that's something, you know, because these people are somebody's loved one parents, they have people that love them that are worried about them. And, you know, I think too, it's just that mindset is that I, I don't want to say the words like they're worse off than me, but like, they're the ones in the hospital bed. I'm not right. I'm not sick. I'm not this. And so I think that's the, that's just the mindset of like, how do I make, how do I make this as best experience as I can for them, knowing that I can't control everything. And sometimes there's negotiations involved with, you know, I can get you this, but I need you to help get out yourself out of bed or, you know, those things. So I think that that's the, um, 
kind of circling back to like, you know, how I got into coaching. I just, I just knew that those were the elements that I, when I really think back to what I love the most about nursing for me, it was that it was making those connections with people and seeing how I could bring value or light or something that they desire. Not, I had my to-do list of 1 million things, right? But is there one thing I could help that they want that I could help them get there? Yes. I love this. Okay. So now we know how you discover nurse coaching. We know that you love to create a mutual loving relationship <laughs> and love to listen and, and make the person you're with feel seen and heard and acknowledged and cared for. And so now let's take it a step further and say, what is it that you're doing with your nurse coaching skills these days? I ended up resigning from, you know, about 20 years in the hospital system, uh, primarily just due to toxicity. We can go into some examples later, but basically just due to kind of in a nutshell, toxic work environments, toxic leaderships. And I just, I realized that that's not for me. Now's the time that I need to create what I love. I need to do the things I love. I need to use the gifts that I was given in an environment that aligns best with me. And it turned out that that was going to be starting my own company, which was brutally scary. I mean, this was not an easy decision, but at the same time I was, I was a spokesperson at this facility for wellness and they knew that. Um, and I was very close with their wellness department. I talked to them all the time. I was, I was, would have rather created programs for them than doing my job. Um, so <laughs> when I resigned, they, uh, they called to verify that I resigned. And I said, yes, I did. Did you have any other questions? And they said, do you want to consult for us? Uh, for coaching. So now this facility was already, they have coaches on board that they offer free services to their employees. So that was the, that was the, I took the chance to resign and say, I'm going to do something that better aligns with me. I will make something work. And then I feel like when I took that like very scary risk, even though I don't recommend it, I had backup plans in my, in the back of my head. I mean, right. Like it's just, you, you can't go from one financial income to another without some sort of backup plan of like, okay, but just in case it doesn't work. And so what I ask people sometimes too, is that just in case it doesn't work, I started doing what I coached people on was what if it did work? Like, what would it feel like? What would it look like? And, and so I just knew that when I, when I resigned and it, it was hard, I just said, whatever it is, like, I felt like I was already living in my worst case scenario. So like worst case scenario, I'd go back to a toxic work environment. Oh, I'm already here now. So I mean, <laughs> I, I already know what that's yeah. like. So maybe I'll just go do something different with it. So then I thought, but like, what if it does work? And the crazy thing is I just started trusting. I'm like, I, I'm going to try. This is something I never did before. I like I had backup plans to my backup plans. And I'm like, I'm just going to trust that everything will work out if I just put my heart into it. I gave myself breathing space. I gave myself like, I, I think I resigned in like the end of October. I'm like, if I don't get my act together, if I don't get things moving by January, I will maybe start thinking of another plan. But the next day that after I resigned, I get the phone call. Do you want to come and consult for us? And I just thought to myself, that's it. All I had to do was something scary and open this door. And then I get the phone call. So that's one piece of what I'm doing with my life is, is coaching for um, actually two companies that 
that provide free services to healthcare providers, which I think is just an amazing thing for lots of reasons. Second part of that, do you want me to go into like all of it? All yeah, of keep on okay. going. You're on a roll, girl. <laughs> all right. So part two is that is I, I do have a private practice, which I am working on growing right now. But I, I had these plans in my mind of what I wanted it to look like. And then I realized it's not about me and my plans. And I never thought about that before because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got this these work groups. I was going to work with like working moms and we're going to start this like group coaching and they're in my brain and I might, it's probably going to do them. But I thought to myself, well, do I even know what the people that follow me and the people that, you know, are working with me, do I even know what they would really want? I mean, I coach individuals. So I'm in my, I'm in my investigative stage right now, but I do have a private practice. It's called, um, well, my company's called Live Your Life for You, but my uh, website is Dr. Emily Jacobs. So just dremilyjacobs.com. So that's where you can find information on one-on-one coaching. Or my third thing that I'm working on, <laughs> which so if it's good. Fun, dive into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is kind of why the private practice is just um, just for one-on-one coaching now, but I would love to grow it into groups and a community. My My heart says community, but my heart also says, wait and see what your community needs first for me, for right now. So in the meantime, I also decided about seven years ago, a thought started, meaning I would tell stories in conversation and people would say, are you going to write a book someday? And this was seven years ago. And I'm like, no, I'm not a writer. I'm not writing a book. You guys are crazy. I, I honestly was like, maybe I'll do stand-up comedy, but like, I don't know about a book. <laughs> and uh, and then it, it happened a few times and it happened a few times again. And I'm like, man, am I supposed to write a book? So I started like listening spiritually to like who, whoever was going to talk back to me. And they were like, yeah, probably wouldn't be a bad idea. You only have like 10 journals of like all of the lessons you've learned and all of your life experiences. But most of it came around. And this is kind of getting into kind of what I've been currently working on the most is I had a really challenging mother-daughter relationship. And what I've realized that through a lot of coaching in this last year is that a lot of people on coaching have some challenges with their parental uh, relationships and not in a, like a blaming type of like, like I said before, like I went into nursing, you know, cause my mom and my dad, it's not because they said I had to, but I'm wondering if they kept saying how good I would be. And I listened and now, and again, not a bad thing. That part I'm not, you know, mad about, of course, but because I think they were right. That's what our parents do. They like nurture and grow us and, you know, um, those types of things. But it was really challenging in an overly critical way. And it made me a person as a child, not knowing how to, you know, work around this, but it made me a, a perfectionist and a people pleaser and not know how to set boundaries and not know how to say no. It kind of, I think by having an overcritical parent just really made me like, trying to prove myself to my parents, to my mom, and um, realizing that it was never going to work. Like it was never going to be like, quote unquote, good enough. Yet I will be totally truthful. Like my mom said she loved me all the time and said she's really proud of me, but the criticism far surpassed all of that. So it'd be like 90% criticism. And then at the end, she'd be like, well, you know, I love you. And I'm like, it's kind of kind of hard to tell mom. Like, I mean, every last inch of my body, you, you would like, well, why are you going to do that with your hair? And, oh, are you breaking out again? Or, you know, what are you going to wear that for? Why do you always wear that color? And like every, it's like, you couldn't breathe. 
And so just spent a lot of years learning how to work with that relationship. I wrote a book about it. Why it came out when it is coming out, which is going to be in January of 2023, is I now have two daughters of my own, which um, is a challenge. And I see some of the same behaviors and the same words and the same things that my mom did. And I'm doing them to my daughters. And I always check in with my brothers, like, am I turning into mom? And they're like, well, <laughs> you, you can't because you're already asking the question. Like, You're not. And what I mean by that is like the, the not so great sides, you know, the sides that you don't love and you don't like. And, and so, you know, the whole point around the book is one, just rediscovering like, how do I take the things I've learned and recreate it for myself, maybe break a cycle that I didn't like, and then also just learn the things I already know. Like this is dates way back to when I was a kid. I know what I didn't like. You know, my mom never admitted fault and never there was there, like everything would have been too weak. She never admitted emotions. That was too weak. Like all those things. I just knew there was something different for me and I was not going to be like that. And even if I do, like, I'm going to say a bad behavior, right? I, I'm going to judge it just because if I told you what it was, you'd be like, yeah, that probably wasn't the nicest things to say to your children. I do almost always circle back and say, you know, mommy was frustrated. I get mad sometimes too. And I say things I don't mean, and I'm, I am sorry. And I kind of just leave it at that because that's something she never did. And I think to myself, if at least I could come back around and recognize that, you know, so that they don't think it was their fault. You know, as children, I think sometimes we are, like I said, trying to feel like good enough and feel love no matter what. And, and I'm, many of us really were love no matter what, but the criticisms were so deep that it, it almost like made a scar tissue as adults. And if we don't learn to kind of maneuver and deal and find the tools, it can be, it can be more challenging. And so I've just heard this as patterns throughout, you know, a lot of women, especially that I've been coaching um, and some men is that some of these are scars that I'm, that even though they, they're, we're working on like these wellness goals, we kind of have to go back to working on some of that. So though that's the huge, big nutshell as to what Emily Jacobs has been up to in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! So yeah. many exciting things. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yay. So I, I do have to ask for our listeners and of course for me too. So when you decide, okay, I'm going to write a book, like how did that even begin? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I told you about seven years ago, the thought yeah. popped in my mind when people yeah. said you should do it. And I'm like, I should write a book. Like who was going to read that book? I don't write. <laughs> um, but so I was like, like the, maybe I should, right. It's that nudge that like, I don't know, maybe I should. So I took a couple notes and I'm like, well, what would it be? And what would I call it? And, and I'm talking, when I say a couple notes, I'm talking about maybe a one page. I had this one page of notes for about seven years, maybe two by seven years. There's like two pages of like, Ooh, yeah, I would do a chapter on this and a chapter on boundaries and a chapter on a chapter on people pleasing. And then, yeah, I think with just this year of, you know, self-discovery and personal development, I joined a, a business mentorship and I met a lady who started a company two years ago, Burning Soul Collective. She's amazing. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't gone, maybe she's gone through a coaching program, but 
she coaches in a group coaching setting. She coaches writers like how to write, you know, get their book published. So she goes through everything. So I joined a mentorship basically, but like it's, it's a mentorship on writing your book. And then there's, um, she's got every information you would need for editing, self-publishing, promoting, anything you'd need to know is in her programs. So it just, I'm like, it's time, it's time for Emily, the Emily who's so scared to spend money on herself and do nice things for herself and all that. This is what, this is what made it worth it for me. I said, I'm going to invest in myself. And by doing that, I know that beautiful things will happen, which, which was, I knew the book would come out. And I was honestly really just writing it for me and my daughters and a handful of people. And the more I was realizing that I'm like, it's not really, it's my story with my mom. Like it's not really a memoir, but kind of with like a self-helpish, you know, feel, but I actually thought like, well, if anything, this is an apology letter to my daughters for their future. And for anyone else just that just needed to learn that they can learn tools to kind of learn tools to move forward, kind of in a coaching book setting in a way. But yes, that's how it got started, that company. (laughs) Nice. Well, I just really appreciate that, you know, seven years ago, you you thought you had this little inkling, this little and then you you wrote a couple notes and it sounds like you're a journaler seven you know 10 books of full, full of journals and you know so all of those threads but then coming to this realization that you needed time for yourself mm-hmm. and you made this crazy vulnerable change in your life by resigning from a job that was comfortable that was paying bills mm-hmm. but was also depleting you spiritually, likely emotionally, all of those things, uh, toxicity you mentioned, and creating that space and saying no, putting boundaries down, opened up all of these new opportunities for you. Yeah. I think you kind of hit the nail and I, and I want to circle back to, um, just with, you know, leaving a workforce. Here's the thing. Like, I, I think for me, when it's time for me to grow and I don't take it, right? And I don't listen to it. I become stagnant and then I become depressed or I become like, you know, just going through the motions, robotic, that type of thing. And I, that's happened a few times in my nursing career where it's like, it's time to grow and it's time to grow. And I didn't mention this about, was it two years before this? So I graduated from the nursing nurse coaching program, uh, the Inca program in 2020, but right now, 2022, I haven't done anything really yet because that was scary too. I decided, oh, I'll take a leadership role because that, sure, yeah, that'll that'll be great. And I think that was the, I was supposed to take that role. And I knew two weeks into that job, I don't think this is going to align with me. I could feel it. I could sense it. And I did the, I did everything. I did the, what will people think? And immediately I thought to myself, I can't worry about that right now because the anxiety was setting in. I mean, even my husband was just like, you were so excited about taking this. I said, who wouldn't be, this was a great opportunity, but something just didn't feel right. 
and my gut and my heart were totally right. I knew two weeks in, I would maybe last six months and I did, I resigned six months later and I did what I needed to do. I need, I did a great job. I, I reported things that needed to get reported. And I still was just like, you know, um, at the end of the day, I have to take care of myself, my family. And it just, you know, just, just recognizing that like my gut, my gut was telling me something and I was not going to sit and stay somewhere for years anymore. So I am surprised. My, even my husband at that point was surprised. I lasted six months and I said, well, I mean, it's it's not going to kill me. And it is only six months and it would give them time to find somebody, you know, and that type of thing. I wanted to do the right thing. Right. But yeah, so I, I, I really think in nursing that, you know, when you're feeling that kind of stagnant, like your body might be ready for growth and it might not be exactly where you're at. And it also might be where you're at. Maybe it's a charge nurse role. Maybe it's a preceptor role. Maybe it's an educator role. Maybe it's something working on a special project. Maybe it's just something else, but your body might be ready for some growth. And I think that it can be really important to just be in tune to that and start asking like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? And usually when I'm working with people too, is I just say, well, what do you love? And how do you bring more of that into where you're at and see if they're going to value that, right? And just kind of, not like play around with that, but then just see if that works and then just kind of see and play around with it too, right? Like, can I grow where I am or do I need to move to a different environment? And, you know, as an educator, I, I, I used to always get a little worried when people felt really stuck in their positions and in their jobs, because I thought to myself, man, there was, I mean, even back when I was at the bedside, there was just so many options for nurses, so many different paths. It does not have to be in a specific setting. There's lots of different things and it's okay to change those settings. People would always say like, well, what if it's worse on the other side or what if this? And I said, well, if it is, you'll recognize that and you'll move to another setting. You know, it just won't, it's, I feel that it's more important to listen to our hearts and listen to kind of what aligns with us most versus what other people will think, or what, what will my resume look like if I do that? Or what will this look like? I think we're kind of beyond that these days. I really do. Yeah, I I agree with that. And there are so many opportunities for nurses and it does not, those opportunities don't necessarily need to be in a hospital. There are way too many things for us to do. And when you become stagnant, that is reflected in the work that you do as well. Mm -hmm. So you may feel that you're really truly caring and likely you are a caring person, but is mm -hmm. that really coming across in, in the work that you, that you are doing with those, the people that you're touching on a daily basis, if you're stagnant and if you're stuck and if you are in a toxic environment that you don't say no to. Imagine it trickles down. I mean, I remember feeling it even when I was having a difficult time in my personal life. I can only imagine what it was doing for the people around me, the energy I was bringing into the workplace. And I mean, so I really like try to check in, like, what is this trying to tell me? And now a word from our sponsor, the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy offers nurses innovative approaches to re-energize and expand your nursing practice with new skills and tools that focus on lifestyle, health, and well-being. As an integrative nurse coach, you will confidently promote wellness and resiliency by guiding your clients, patients, and communities to deepen their connections to inner healing resources and expand their capacities to make meaningful choices for healthy lifestyle change. 
Plus, you'll learn critical self-care tools to actively take care of your own health and well-being on the journey. Join the global Integrative Nurse Coach Academy community and rediscover your passion for nursing in the online Integrative Nurse Coach Certificate Program. Learn more about our programs at inursecoach.com and when you register for the Integrative Nurse Coach Certificate Program, be sure to use the code ACTION to get $100 off the Part 1 and 2 bundle. Now, back to the podcast. I mean, so I really like try to check in, like, what is this trying to tell me in my leadership job? Like, what is this anxiety trying to tell me? And honestly, I think I knew and I didn't want to admit it because that was hard. I mean, I had a promotion, like I had a pay increase, like this was all great stuff. We just bought a new house. Like I, I quote unquote needed it, but I, it was not serving me and I was not their value wasn't um, like the value wasn't there for what, where I could show my gifts, right? It would be valuable for somebody else who had gifts exactly like the gifts more in that area versus me. What I wanted to do with my staff and my team, there wouldn't be time for that. It wasn't, there wasn't space for that. There wasn't allowance for that. And I think I came in thinking that I could do these things. So maybe I had a preconceived agenda for being a leader, but, but that's okay. I think, you know, I, I still at the end of the day was staying true to myself and the needs of myself and my family at the same time, I was not showing up for my family at all in the way that I wanted to, or myself or the community. I mean, I was like the stressed out, crazy frazzled mom running around in a, you know, 50 hour a week corporate job, which that might not seem like a lot of hours, but it was to me. And especially having like kids in the pandemic, that kind of stuff, like, you know, they have a runny nose, they, you, you got to pick them up from school. So I would get talked to by my boss. Well, Emily, it doesn't look good that you leave to go take care of your kids. I'm like, I, I can't worry if it looks good. I will still get the job done. I guarantee you that I will get it done. Maybe at 10 o'clock at night, Versus taking the three hours off to pick up my kid and be with them or whatever. And just on that note too, like even a couple of days I took off while she was off of her daycare and I formally asked, you know, for the days off. And I was told that I failed at, that I didn't roll out a major project, even though I provided all the resources and they had changed the date on me. Right. So then I come back into work and I hear, well, that was a fail. And it went up to the executive level and you're going to need to correct this. And I just, I just did it. I said the thing, I did the thing that I thought I would never be strong enough to do. And I said, did I fail because I took a vacation day? And of course she had to say, well, well, no, but you needed to have gotten this done before you left. And I said, well, how would I have known that? Like, I mean, I did, I did, I started questioning. I did never thought I had the strength to do that. And it, it just felt like if this is the way it's going to be, there is no way I will survive, let alone thrive in this environment. And if this is the way she treats the leaders, well, then I'm only imagining that those leaders will then treat their staff that way. And then I started questioning, why is there a revolving door at this facility? Because why are people leaving so fast? I could only imagine that at some point, just like what you're saying, Nicole, too, like how it just trickles down with your patients, it trickles down. I mean, when you're getting beaten down for, you know, just some simple things, it affects, it affects you all, at all angles. Yeah. So what advice would you give? This is just advice at this moment. Would you give to a nurse who is feeling 
some of these pressures that we just discussed or feeling like they are stagnant or burned out or living every day in a toxic environment, what would you, what advice would you give them? I think I would just ask them to do some reflection, whether it's journaling, meditating, something where they, I like, obviously I like journaling and writing, but I like to be able to see what I wrote and I like to date it because what's funny is that I'll go back and like read it. And sometimes it's the exact same thing. And it could be like a year later. And I'm like, oh, I was still, I wanted to do that a year ago and I didn't do it. But what I would say to them at whatever stage you are in nursing, day one, day a hundred, day a thousand is what do you feel like in this environment? What do you love the most about it? What gifts do you think you have? Like, what do you love doing and what are your gifts? And where could you get more of that? And it could be, like I said, it could be in your environment. And could you have conversations? Are there people that you could have conversations with like managers? Hey, I really love planning the parties for the unit, right? Like I'm a party planning nurse. I love, you know, doing that. And I would love to do, you know, whatever, like, could it be something creative that then brings more joy that bringing something that you love to work? Like, do you love mentoring? And maybe being a preceptor is in your cards. You could talk to your colleagues and manager. Like, do you think I'm ready for that? Or if it's, if it's like, I just don't really like where I'm working. Um, is it a certain patient population that you're not considering that maybe you would really be excited about serving? So kind of like getting a little deep with yourself and just saying, what do you really love the most? And where could you find a little more of that? Where do you need to ask for something? And I know sometimes people have a hard time asking. So for example, where do you feel that like, I I might just need to ask my manager for something, right? Maybe it's a mental health day. Maybe it's a day off. Maybe it's for me when I had kids, it was, can I work for 10 hour shifts as an educator? I'm having a lot of hard times with childcare. And, And I'm telling you, like, it would be so hard for me to ask these questions, you know, so hard. And I remember asking my manager, like, I'm like, Emily, the answer is no, unless I even try right? The answer is always no, unless you just, so is there a way where you could, and if you were ever going to just do an ask, right? Ask for a favor, ask for something. If you make it sound temporary, like this is just a pilot until we get our, get back on our feet with childcare. This is a pilot for just, you know, I'm thinking eight weeks, be very kind of like specific with your ask. This would really help our family out a lot. I promise I'll do a great job. And if I'm not just tell me like, you know, or whatever it may be, could I work one day a week from home? If you're in that facility that you could do that, because what if <clears throat> same thing as before, like, what if it does work out? What if they do say yes? Or what if they say something other than no? which is, well, I can't say yes to that, but I could do this. You would probably take it. So recognize that sometimes it's just your fear that's in the way and just acknowledge, like, is this, is this just my fear? Oh, he, my boss would never say yes to that. They'd never say yes. Well, just remember if they, you think they'll never say yes and you don't ask, of course they'll never say yes. So where could you create, be a resolution for your own challenges? Those are kind of my big pieces of advice is just kind of, you know, thinking about in in both of these kind of align with creating something more in the alignment of what you think you're going to love. And then, and also not being scared that like, also not being scared when your body's ready for growth, even if it's just a few years later, right? Even if it's, you thought you wanted something and then you didn't, your body's just giving you feedback. And that's what I say to people. It's not failing. I did not fail at my leadership job. I did not fail when I quit. That was feedback that this was not okay with me. 
my anxiety at night, my not sleeping, my dealing with bullying and dealing with, um, I mean, I just, I was that person. I pulled up that code of conduct and I highlighted where it was out of alignment because I just thought I can't work for a company that is out of alignment with their own words, right? So where is something that you're doing out of alignment with you that you need to be honest with, even if it's scary and even if it means change and just, but just being like, it doesn't have to be black and white right away. As, as we, as Nicole and I've talked about in our own career past, like it's some, some, my coaching decision took a couple of years before I really trusted that this was where I was meant to serve. I wanted it to happen sooner. I watched other people doing it sooner. And I'm like, I could do that. I didn't believe in myself then. Right. It took a little bit longer for me to get there. Everything comes in its own time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've changed my path and, and <laughs> when I did not think it was aligning with me and it wasn't. And then something else came along that did align. And maybe it only happened for a short time, but I sure did learn so much from those chances that I took. Oh, and now we are where we are today <laughs> and still growing. <laughs> and yeah. here's the thing too, as I look at myself, so it's what end of 2022, I am starting to write down, where do I want to be at the end of 2023? Whether that's mentally, whether it's in my business, whatever it may be, but like, what is that? What is the end of 2023 going to look like for me now? And if I could start visualizing that for my whole next year, I will be one step closer. If I take action steps, I will be closer to that version. And I'm only thinking it's going to be a small version. I don't think I really want to grow too much in another year. It's been a big year for me. So I'd be fine staying here, but I still, even though I'm fine staying right where I'm at, there has to be some growth. I have to do, I have to grow somehow in a year. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, there's got to be something that I'm working towards for myself is how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was imagining as you were saying that, that, you know, we put a lot of energy into our lives, no matter what we're doing. It could be energy in something that we don't like at all, but we still are putting our time, our energy, our thoughts, our dreams into that one thing. And I imagine that energy is just like jumping up and down in one spot. You just jumping up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. There's so much energy there. And if only we could just pivot a little bit and we could see something a little bit different. And then that is like a trajectory to maybe go in a different direction. And and your your thoughts on just asking, because you're right we could just stay in exactly the same spot <laughs> by not asking. Yeah. And if we just ask the question in whatever way that we can, there could be an opening for something that can help us shift and change. Ah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there's no failing. Failing. No. no failing. It's all, I just, I always remind like all my clients, it's just feedback right? If you set a goal yes. and you didn't achieve or you you cheated on a day, and I said, and I'm right here, pretty much at the two-week mark. If I set a 30-day goal, I know at the two-week mark, I'm probably going to cheat. So then I think to myself, okay, like how bad am I going to cheat at this goal? And then what does that mean? What does it mean for me? So I just take all this as feedback and I know myself. And so now I know that that is now one of my barriers is two weeks is my barrier. So now I'm like, well, maybe I should just only set two week goals <laughs> and then, you know, do whatever. And then set another two weeks. So it's like, you learn 
So it's like, for me, it's feedback. 30 days is a great goal, but it's hard 30 for me with things that I'm working on. So, you know, just receiving things as feedback, feedback is good, even if it's, well, even if it's from your mom and it's critical, it, I mean, <laughs> all that feedback led me to write a book about it. So that was good. And, and I do, I, I, I thank her to this day for that because not that I would wish that on anybody, but by learning to set boundaries, by learning toxicity in a very close relationship, by learning behaviors that did not align with me, made it easier for me to deal with the real, with the, the rest of the world, right? It made me, I'm like, well, if my boss talks to me like that way, you know, I already dealt with my mom. So if I could deal with her, and, and, and mind you, we did end on a great relationship. She passed away a few years ago and we mm. are her final year. We, I just, and to come full circle, the child in me just decided to accept her for who she was, which was very hard to do as an adult, needing my mom to be someone different and wanting something different in my, I didn't know it was her final year on earth. It was not a planned, uh, you know, passing, but I just was like, you know, she's almost 70. I'm not sure she's going back to the way we were, you know, when we were kids, you know, I was a kid or whatever. So um, I think just that acceptance with that um, kind of allowed for just some natural forgiveness and just kind of like a, not like it is what it is, but we, you know, the lessons that we learned and, and the lessons that I'm sharing in my book is just more of a trying to create hope and possibility if someone needed to hear, well, if this person did it with their own mom, you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance, maybe I could have this conversation with my own mom or maybe with a friend. Cause some of my stories are about my mom, but there you could insert friend or boss in a lot of them because I also had those too. So I dealt with some toxic friends very easily kind of recognize these things and, and then toxic bosses I was telling you about and employees. So it's just recognizing these things, right? Recognizing learning and learning more about yourself in the process. And um, yeah. Yes. Emily, I have to ask, what is your mom's name? Mom's name is Mary. Mary. Yeah. Cheers to Mary for all this content. (laughs) And and on a spiritual note, Mm -hmm. um, so no, I could not have published this while she was alive. It would not have worked for our relationship. She didn't understand it the way I was expressing things to her. And mind you, I think I was coaching her my whole life, Nicole, like (laughs) I, and the listeners, like, I was just like, but mom, if you could have just said it like this, I wouldn't have taken it personally. And she's like, well, that's just not me. I mean, I'm not a feelings person. So what do you want me to say? Like, you know, just these things. And I'm like, well, if you maybe could just like ask me how my day was, but not be critical. She's like, she'd be like, you're asking me to change a tomato into a, an apple. Right. But I, as a kid was like, why can't you do this for me? Right. So when I was an adult, I guess I am getting on my own little tangent here, but in a spiritual way now, I ask her all the time. And I asked her as I was writing the book and I'm like, oh, here comes that story, mom. When we went wedding dress shopping, and that was one of my the year that was one of your worst moments, mom. And I like look up to the sky and I'm like, are you gonna burn my house down? And <laughs> no, you know what would happen? And like a butterfly or a bird would come and sit on my windowsill. And I'm like, oh. I would like literally be like looking with my eyes, like, what? Really? We're good, mom. We're okay. You're okay with this. And you know what I hear now from her is that it's 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 okay. Like it's Emily, people need to hear this, or people need. It, it, it's almost as if she's saying it's not a, it's our story, but it's not about us. It's it's anybody's story, and I think she now sees the big picture. 
And I only feel that love now. I I can I could tell you some of those those stories and I wrote about them, but I really only feel that she really did the best she could with the tools that she had. And that's what I'm trying to give people is some new tools, is, is just some new tools to move forward. These are some of the things that I learned. And she does have, I have her blessing for this book and my father, he's still alive. And he said, yeah, I have no hesitation with you publishing this. Um, and I think mm-hmm. she, she'd be okay with it now, mm-hmm. right? She'd be okay with it now. She sees the bigger picture. She sees that it's coming from love. And I think that's what I was hoping to achieve with my daughters and with any other daughter or son or anyone out there that just needed to kind of, you know, see that even if we're not repairing some cycles, moving forward into our lives in any relationship, whether you're a parent or not, you can break some of those habits. You can break through some scar tissue. You can write a different story for yourself. And it's all coming from love. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of love, Our time is almost up, but I also love to ask the question, what is on your heart that you would love to tell nurse coaches out there? What I would love to tell you is you will probably learn more about yourself in this process than you ever thought possible. There will be a lot of growth and a lot of personal growth in this process, and it is almost equally imperative to the work you do this to continue this personal growth. As soon as I start feeling, you know, my little doubts and my little anxieties and all my little, you know, insecurities that do come back, those triggers, let's just because I've worked on them and healed them, they don't go away. They just, I make it easier. I trust myself, you know, I trust myself and I trust the process and I trust when I need to take a season or, or a, I don't take a season off like a, like a day or, <laughs> or an hour or like a, just to look at my week and say, you know what? I, I did it again. I overbooked or I overdid something where, where can I fit it in the next week? You know, maybe not much I can do this week. Cause I don't like to cancel on people. Um, but where could I take some space or find some space the next week? And really it's that, that's what I would tell them is that I feel like you're going to learn a lot about yourself in this process and trust your gut, trust your heart and serve the gifts that you find valuable for yourself because people out there need them. And people out there need your gifts. And I, I'm excited for all of you. Like I, I, I'm excited for the coaching industry. I'm excited for the nursing industry. I'm excited for nurses creating possibilities for themselves. Even if it's at the bedside, there are so many opportunities at the bedside too, where you can bring this in. So just listen to your heart, listen to what's in line, aligned best with you. When something doesn't feel right, there's a reason it doesn't feel right. And, um, I wish you all the best. I, I'm like, I was so jazzed that there was a coaching program for nurses. Like I was, it, it just, it just warms my heart. It's a beautiful service. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing what's on your heart. <laughs> beautiful words. So Emily, where can people find you? Yeah. So right now I have a Facebook group page called live your life for you. And then I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Emily Jacobs, no period, just all straight through. Or my website is the www.dremilyjacobs.com. And if anyone wants to get on my email list for book updates and exclusive like book information, my email will be the first place I put the book cover. It'll be the first place I announce when the release date will be, which will be sometime in January. 
So if you want to get on that, that um, you can sign up through that through my website or on, um, I believe it's on the website, on the website. Yep. Awesome. And we'll, sh- we'll share all your links. So we'll pop them into the show notes so people can just find that information there and can connect with you and share in your excitement of launching your, your first book of many. that's what my coach said that's (laughs) right that's right good (laughs) thank Thank you you so much for joining us emily we really appreciate the time and energy that you brought us here today thank you nicole and thank you to all of the listeners thank you so much for your generous time and support of our inspiring integrative nurse coaches in action Please share this episode with a colleague, leave us a five-star review, and follow us on social media. We look forward to keeping in touch with you. Remember to breathe and to rest.